Good morning, everyone. This is Esther from Yorkshire. I hope you're all well and enjoying better weather than I am. It started off to be beautiful and now it looks miserable, grey, horrible. I had the most amazing, incredible Sharon with us today. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Esther. How are you today, morning? I'm good. How are you? So, I'm good. do you want to. Um, Sorry, I've just lost my thought of Fred. <laughs> I just completely lost my thought of Fred. How are you doing? It's a Monday morning, it's allowed. I'm good, how it are you? It's Monday morning, it is allowed. I'm sticking to that. And I didn't sleep very well last night. In fact, I've been up since two o'clock this morning. So that's oh, my... You should take a nap today. Yeah, I'm already really tired. <laughs> anyway, how are you? I am good. I am good. It's a beautiful day today. Minus the weather, of course, but it's a beautiful day. It's always a beautiful day. Yeah. So why don't we start with, can you tell everyone a bit about where you're from, what your childhood was like? Why don't we start there? Okay, my name is Sharon Patience. I am from Zimbabwe. My parents are from Zimbabwe. I grew up in Zimbabwe, went to primary school there. Then we moved to South Africa. That's where I went to high school. My mother and my father moved to the UK and I was in boarding school. And then I went to university in South Africa. And then after that, I moved to the Middle East, United Arab Emirates. Everyone calls it Dubai. Uh, that's where I was for a good seven years. That's where I worked. Um, I worked as a flight attendant. I, I I never dreamt of becoming one, but I just enjoyed it. And, you know, it was a good pastime. I was also so studying at that time. Originally... I was, I'm a student pilot. <laughs> I think I'll always say I'm a student pilot. So how did you originally get involved? Involved in being a flight attendant? Yeah. Oh, my friend just said, oh, you should come and work here. And, you know, because the employment rate in South Africa was very low. I wasn't looking into moving to the UK then because I was thinking I've already enjoyed the freedom of living by myself. Why would I want to live with my parents again? So my friend just told me to try it. And she was like, you're outgoing, you're fine with people, and you're, you love traveling. So this will be a good and very affordable way for you to travel and see more countries and meet new people. So that's what I did. And that's how I got into it. And did you enjoy it? I did. I loved it. It was, it's meeting new people every day from the team that you work with, from the ground staff, the pilots, the other cabin crew, the cleaners, the ground stuff when you get there, the country you're going to, the passengers, it's always seeing different people all the time. So let's say if it's a problem, you don't get to have the problem the rest of the day. If it's someone who's interesting, you don't get to be laughing the whole day, you know. So it was, it was I really did enjoy it. And the traveling was very eye-opening, getting to experience different cultures, different countries. Yeah. So is it as glamorous job as everyone thinks? 
or not at all? Oh no, not at all. It is not that good. <laughs> it is not even glamorous. You will be surprised how many people cannot find the door handle to the toilet. And it has the same mechanism as the doors that we use every day. But for some reason, um, I feel like some people check in their luggage with their brains. Yeah. <laughs> Dealing with so, that yeah. many people, that variety of people, especially in the closed space, must be intriguing, to say the least. Yeah. That's why I said it's a good thing that, you know, we don't stay with them. We just get to meet them for a few hours, drop them off where they're going and just be like, oh, let's get a fresh batch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you ever wonder, you know, I, I like last time I was on the flight, it was my flight to America. And obviously it was the first time I'd done a really long flight. And it was the first time I'd had to go to a mm -hmm. toilet and flight. It was a lot of firsts. And the, the one of the crew ladies who were helping me was just amazing. She was really, really great. We had some great conversations and I found out all sorts of things about her. And I imagine that being one of your nicest parts of your job. But knowing me, I'd be like, Oh, what happened to them? What went on? Did they have a nice holiday? Da, 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 da. And I'd find that really difficult, never knowing <laughs> that side of things. Did that bother you or did you just always, <laughs> was it always, oh, just next passenger? No, you know, there's some people who you're like, oh, that was such an interesting person. I wonder what, what happened to them. But then just because of the nature of the job and how quick everything is, I learned how to let go. I learned yeah. how to separate myself from other people's space, other people's attitudes and other people's stories. So as much as I can enjoy our conversation today, and you tell me something that I want to continue till forever, you know, I want to know, oh, what happened to Esther? What then happened? And then this happened. And then, you know, I want to be involved, but I'm also just going to be like, you know what? I'm grateful for the few minutes that I spoke to this person and I wish them the best. I've learned to dissociate, but not in a bad way, in a good way. Like I'll always wish everyone the best in my heart to be like, oh, I hope they have a good holiday. And then I don't get to lose my train of thought along the way. Yeah, I can't get that. I get that. I guess the same thing happens. Um, I mean... Do you think you learnt some of those skills in boarding school? Because it must have been hard to be away from your family. Like, I can't imagine growing up away from my family. Sometimes I wish I did. You know, the idea of being sent off to boarding school in some ways is really, really <laughs> appealing. And I, you know, I, there's parts of my childhood I wouldn't mind living away from my family. But I can imagine it being incredibly difficult as well. What was I mean, how young were you when you went to boarding school? I was 12. But um, I didn't really learn to de-associate from then. I learned uh, companionship. I learned how to be a good friend because um, people always think that, you know, the way you conduct yourself. 
Pardon? Yeah, Sharon, I'm afraid you got cut off, so you're going to have to answer, start that conversation again. Someone would try to phone me when I thought I'd killed that, stopped all that. So I apologise, guys. So, start, um, ha- yeah, I was asking you about a boarding school. How old were you when you went? Oh, I was 12 years old. Wow, that's young. But it didn't teach me dear. <laughs> oh, no, I was old. We had like seven-year-olds in the same boarding school. <laughs> So it wasn't well, that. It was my okay. dad was sent to five, it, so maybe it is old. Yeah, I think so, like, to me yeah. that feels really young to be away from your family. Well, it taught me a lot. It taught me how to be independent, how to stand up for myself, because I was very reliant on my parents. Like, like if I didn't want to go anywhere, I wouldn't say no. I knew my parents would say. enough for me if I didn't want to I learned how to be confident independent and how to be a good friend how to be a person who listens because when you grow up in a home setting you already know what your mom is going to say you already have an idea of what your dad is going to say before he says it but then when you're now uh, in a boarding school with teachers and matrons and other kids you don't always anticipate what's about to happen so you listen more because like it's all it's a routine but not very routine you know there's a time for breakfast there's a time for lunch there's a time to wake up there's no procrastination when you're in boarding school you know if my mom wakes up i know i can get an extra 20 minutes just from procrastinating and saying oh just give me five more minutes but when you're in school those 20 minutes you need them for something else because it's all an organized chaos of little kids but it's organized so it taught me a lot, yeah, but definitely not uh, de-associating myself. Yeah, I mean, do you still have friendships that you are still in contact or with or not at all from school? Yes, I still have. I still have friends from the people I went to preschool with. <laughs> it was a very yeah, close community. Yeah, that's what I can imagine, is yeah. when you're away from, because from, I, I the only thing I can relate it to, and maybe it's nothing like this, but when I first came back to the UK and I was in the, the hospital and I wasn't allowed visitors because of COVID, I can imagine it being something like that. Like you're in this sort of um, organised environment what you don't really have a say in, you just fit in with what's going on. And um, But what did happen is you came very close to the other patients. And I imagine if that's kind of what happens in boarding school, is that you form very close friendships with other people. Yeah, I, I still attend uh, weddings, birthday parties for their kids, their birthday parties, you know, funerals for, you know, some of their parents have passed on because we grew up in a very close-knit community. And um, so as much as we went to boarding school, we were still like from the same area, most of us. Like it was one of those, oh, let's send our kids to boarding school and then the parents will choose like a boarding school for all of us. So it was still like a continuation of the same people who I grew up with and then some new people as well. But um, I'm very, yeah, I'm still close friends with all of my friends, most of my friends from primary school. Yeah. That's really nice. So um, what did your parents do? Uh, my dad was in the army. Now he's retired. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was a social worker. Now she has her own business. 
Uh, my dad still has his own businesses, but then he's not as involved. He's more of so a is it silent because partner. The, the dad, because your dad's job that you moved around so much, or um, we didn't really move around much as a family. He did, but then for us, we were staying in one place. He would move around and always circle back to us most of the times. But he was in his position. He was very high up in the army that he didn't really necessarily need to move up all the time. He would only go for like maybe conferences, go for like a week's uh, training somewhere. But his base was pretty much stable. Yeah. So we didn't really move around because of him. Only that they decided to relocate because, yeah, they were just, they just wanted something different for the, for the family. I get that. So how did they you end up in Dubai and then end up in the UK? Because you still must have been reasonably young at that point of the life. Or I, don't, I mean, I have no idea how old you were, actually. <laughs> I moved to Dubai when I was 25. And that okay. was because I don't listen. <laughs> I don't listen. I didn't want I to come that. to the UK. You're just doing I just, your own thing, okay? Yeah, the no, weather. I, I, I'm the same. My family would say the same about me. They would say I'm the most infuriating person. They really would. Yeah. So, so you know, I was just like, oh, I was down the UK. The weather's terrible. It's always raining. It's always snowing. There's not that much summer and, you know, I don't want to always be chasing summer. I, I lived in coastal cities for a very long time. I was in Durban and then I was in Dubai. There's always sun and, you know, I'm afraid of even winter because I'm always like, I always think it's warm outside. <laughs> so I didn't I, want I mean, to move because I'm of well known to want to hibernate during the winter. Seriously, Tim would say to me, oh, shall I get your box of hay ready so you can hibernate? Oh. And if I could curl up in the box and wake up in spring, I absolutely would. I'd miss the whole winter. Yep, yep. I totally so agree with you. I wouldn't mind if you could have a Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. What were you saying? I was just saying, yes, I would also hibernate if I had the option. <laughs> What's your favourite place to have lived so far? I mean, you must have seen a lot of different places with your job. Where was your favourite? Oh, I don't even know if people know this place. It's not very popular. But, okay, there's two cities. One of them is Sarajevo. It's in Bosnia. Bosnia and Herzegovina. It is so beautiful. The weather is usually amazing. It does get very cold during the winter, but during the summer... It's so beautiful. The people are very nice. Their food is so authentic. And the just the the place is just welcoming, you know. When you get there, you don't even feel out of place. Mm -hmm. And then the second one would be Romania. Romania, I love it for the nightlife. Everyone is always happy for some reason in Romania. Like it's rare to see grumpy people. They're always just happy, smiling, laughing. And it's just so vibrant. So those two cities have my heart. Okay, so uh, why are you living in one of them? <laughs> family. 
family you know uh, uh, because yeah. I, I haven't really participated in, in a lot of things so now I have to yeah I did the crime now I'm paying for it <laughs> and I'm doing the time well the UK isn't so bad and there's nothing else mm, you get to and meet me. looking outside yeah but you got and to meet me come on that makes you're it looking work. outside <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. That that made it worth it. That made it worth it, to be honest. And I'm just excited for what's coming. So you ended you know, up coming you know, and yeah. working with your family's business. Yeah, that was right, wasn't it? Yes. So what is it like working with your mum? Do you enjoy it? <laughs> boundaries. The boundaries are very askewed. Like there is a lot of um unsaid things and expectations. So as long as you manage to, you know, put boundaries and um make sure that telepathy is not a way of communicating because there's a lot of things that go unsaid because they just assume that you know what you're supposed to do and when to do it. So as long as you know there's a trail of information, be it via text or email and you try and set boundaries, it's actually good. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I spent a lot of time working with my mum, and I wish I'd been clearer about the boundaries because I just let it sort of jumble into a mess until I just thought I can't handle this and walked away. It wasn't necessarily mm. um, the best way to deal with things. And I actually ran away to Australia, so there you go. <laughs> but it was yeah, also the best knows. decision because it allowed us to be mother and daughter, not mom, um, daughter and boss, which just never, ever worked. I was never going to listen or respect my mum as a boss. I um, I literally remember her trying to ask me to do <laughs> things, and I'd be like, no, nah, I don't feel like doing that. And she'd be like, uh, you're my employee, I'm asking. And I'm like, yeah, but what are you really going to do? You're not going to fire me. So, nah, I don't think I'm going to do that today. I was oh, awful. Wow. I, I used to, I would talk to her in a way that I would have never, ever, ever dreamed of talking to a real employer. And no, the now truth I feel is, like I'm a I did get away with it. She never did say anything, and she never did fire me. Never any consequences. I did exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Oh wow! And now I feel like I'm a good employee. <laughs> Probably was compared to me. I was. Um... <laughs> no, I did. I did a lot. I did a lot to help her. I sorted out her whole care. I sorted everything out. I did organize a lot of things. I gave up a lot of my life for her. But I was very much, um, I'm going to do it my way. And if you don't like my way, then that's fine. But get someone else. I wasn't, there was no flexibility there. There was no, and me going to Australia was very much me making a stand and saying, I have a choice. Either I stay and I'm just mum's carer for the rest of my life and I don't have a life of my own, or I make a stand and go 
and create a life of my own. And um, mm. the one thing I, I realised was I was a very good carer. But when it came to my mum, I was a shitty carer because she was my mum and it was just too close. It's too hard. It's really, really hard to care for a loved one. Really hard. Mm. Okay. So did you guys have any boundaries that you set or you just um, freestyled? Um, me and mum, um, I tried to set boundaries. Mum wasn't good with boundaries. She didn't listen. My mum pretty much did whatever she liked. In fact, my mum was my first ever misfit. So it took me it, to write the book, my chapter in the book, what's where misfits came from, to realise that I'd been living with a woman who um, brought me up to... Um, follow my own path to create a path if there wasn't one to stand up for myself to stand up for what I believed in she brought me up to be this strong independent capable woman but then when I became that strong and capable woman and had opinions what weren't hers she really didn't like it so I I was what she brought me up to be she just didn't like me being that. She never thought I would have opinions what weren't hers. And she never thought I'd learn to think for myself. And yet she always told me to think for myself. Mm. So she made you be like her and she didn't like enjoying seeing yeah, her, I her. <laughs> I I am my mum's daughter and I used to think it was everything that I didn't like in her was in me and I couldn't see any of the positives at all and I, it took for her to die for travel and adventure. Both of us are very artistic. And, um, I won't say I'm as artistic as mum, because mum was just the most extraordinary art who loves art. My mum brought us up going to galleries, but she used to do something what I think is really clever. She'd take us to these really big galleries and she would just choose one room and we would study everything in that room and we'd talk about it, discuss it. And it wasn't about whether we liked it or disliked it. It was just about having a discussion. So if we said we liked it, it would be like, why do you like it? What do you like about it? Um, what do you think of this? How do you think of this what do you think about the media do you? I mean, we really discussed it in detail. But then when we wanted to go to see a different room, she'd always say, no, I'm leave we're leaving. And it was because she used to say to us, I want you to want to go back to galleries, not me to be kicking and dragging you through the whole gallery. So I'd rather 
get your interests by just choosing one room and just doing that room and leave when you want more than kicking and screaming around the whole gallery. And it was a massive what worked because all all three of our children have grown up with a love and passion of art and creativity and were all very creative in different ways. So my twin does a lot of writing for his business and his work. And my oldest brother does special effects and graphic designs. So they're both incredibly creative. They both take their kids and to induce them to galleries and stuff in exactly the same way as mum used to do for us. And um, oh, that's I love that. I well, absolutely love that. How about you? Did you grow up in a very creative family? or I mean, I know you were separate from them, but were your family very into art and creativity like that or not really? No, not really. More into music. So my mom sings and my dad plays some in instruments. So, yeah. So do you do anything musical? Oh, no. I just sing sometimes when I'm forced to, but it's not something that I love doing because I don't like the so sound of my I own. I can imagine you having a good voice. Do you? <laughs> You know, only when my mom forces me to sing with her. I, I was in choir when I was in high school, but that's about it. Okay. Okay. And you never enjoyed it at all? No, because I'm shy. So I don't like standing in front of large crowds. So I get nervous. I don't see you so, as being yeah. shy, I have to say. I never see you as being shy. <laughs> Because you always see me when it's like me and someone else, or just the two of us. But when there's someone, when there's like maybe ten people, I'm very shy. You know, would you believe I'm shy? No, no. See, no one does. Everyone thinks I'm this loud, boisterous, um, overconfident person. But you get me in the right situation, I'm very unconfident. I'm very shy. I think maybe we all can oh, be so depending on the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But there are some people who are just confident. But I guess it's it's just the right setting, I guess. But yeah. I think some people are better at portraying confidence than others. I don't think that necessarily yeah. means they are confident. I think It's very easy. Quite often, I am um, or seeing the most confident. And um, actually, it's that act. It's act. It will often be when I am the least confident, and it almost mm. comes to trying too hard and sort of pushing things the wrong direction because I'm just just trying too hard instead of letting things unfold in a natural way. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get you. When, when it seems like you're forcing things and it's always like, you know, when you're trying so hard, everything goes terribly wrong. Yeah. So I always think about mum. She was 
she was, especially when she got iller towards the end, she was so desperate for certain things. She tried to manipulate the situation and control the situation and, and guilt people into doing things. And the really, really sad thing is by doing that, she just alienated everyone. And if she had ever just been able to relax and trust, she would have got everything she wanted. The reason she didn't get what she wanted is because she became so manipulative, she alienated people. So her actions weren't meant to be manipulative. She just so desperate for what she wanted that she it was the only way she thought she could get it. But it heartbreakingly so gave her the dead opposite to what she wanted. Mm -hmm. okay so I guess that's when um, everyone starts to go out and forge their own path because I mean it's something you it's something I admire about you you very much have gone and figured it out for yourself and worked it out and gone out there and done what you wanted to do would yeah. you say that's true yeah, because sometimes, you know, um, we always think things are supposed to go that way. Our parents always have an idea of what they want for us. But you what they didn't think is best for us. If we don't leave our lives, we'll go Pardon? You're cutting out a bit. Sorry, I'm only getting the uh, every other word. Can you say that again? Oh, I was saying um, our parents. Parents always have an idea of what they want, how we're supposed to grow up, what we're supposed to do, when we're supposed to do it. But then we also have our own lives to leave. So if you don't put a break to that and you do what you want, then you will then leave your life through other people's lives. You'll then force someone else to do something that they don't want to do just because you think it's best for them. Because if your parents thought for you, you also don't know how to think for yourself. You don't know how to stand up for yourself because you always believe that your parents know what's best. But then what they know, especially with the with these different generations now, they don't even know how to operate, uh, let's say, Instagram. So how are they going to know what I want to do if I tell them I want to go into tech? They won't understand what tech is because to them, being a doctor is everything. So, you know... You need to nip it in the bud before they really get into your minds and then do what you want so that you live the life that you want, not the life that your parents want. Otherwise, you'll always be trying to please other people and not yourself if you follow what they want. So when you went to Dubai, when you became a flight attendant, all of those things, were those things your parents supported or believed in or was that you taking your own path? Uh, they were afraid. Of course, they, my parents are very supportive. That's what I love about them. They won't blatantly tell you no. They'll just give you like a time limit. Like they were just like, okay, but when you turn 30, that's it. Like you should be doing something else, not this. And what I love about them is they allow you to do what you want. As much as they give you like a time limit or whatever, but it doesn't 
um, affect the way that I live my life. I'll go on for those years. And then when I get there, they'll be like, okay, now what's next? You know, you need to make, make your next move. So I didn't, I, I wanted to do it, but they were still supportive of it. Of course, they were afraid because some of the areas that we're flying to were not very safe. So they were very afraid, especially in the beginning. And because when I just started, there had been an incident with another airline in the Middle East. And they were very afraid that what if something happens? But then, you know, I always told them like, oh, no, there's other things that could possibly happen. But yeah, there's more car accidents than plane crashes. But yeah, they, they were very supportive about it. It's not what they wanted. But then just because I wanted it, they supported me because of that. You are incredibly lucky. I know, know too many people who don't have parents support them. I I admire people and and uh, yeah, I just realise how lucky they are when you get to explore and figure out your own path with the support and love of your family. Thank you. I'm so grateful for them. Mm. So now you're in the UK, what's next? Are you going to carry on working in the office? Are you going to go and explore different things? Do you know what's next for you? Um, for this year, I'm just figuring it out. I am not, um, I don't want to set myself up for failure. Yeah, so I'm just taking each step as it, co as it comes, like, you know, one step at a time. Don't you think failure is where you learn the most and part of life? Yeah. Would you not agree with that statement? Oh, no. I was born a winner. <laughs> no, that for people who want to learn that way, that's okay for them. I was born a winner. I was born, I'm the first born. In school, I've always been the first. <laughs> in discovering things, I've always been the first. So I don't believe in losing. Um, I've never lost anything that I really wanted in my life. And I like learning from other people's mistakes, not from my own. So... <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, do it sounds like it's a lot of pressure. But then I do my research. Like, you know, a lot of people end up failing because you don't do your research prior to doing anything. If you read, you have solved half of your problems. If you take your time out to say, I want to do this, and you read more about it, instead of listening to people, you will advance more. So people don't like reading. I, I will agree. Take... Now that is a statement I, I, I absolutely be... agree with. However, huh? if you never take any risks, if you never go I... out there and take a chance, you never know either. I didn't say I don't take risks. I did not say that. I do take risks, but then I take informed risks. I don't. But do you just... take risks that you know you're going to win, or risks that you really don't know the outcome to? I do. Even moving here, I didn't know the outcome. Moving to the UAE, I didn't know the outcome. Okay. Okay. It's okay. not all. Um, yeah. all risks that end up yeah but then I it's calculate not about risks. like it's before about I make a decision I calculate saying, I, I, I do the analysis pardon yeah it's probably the sensible thing to do I just jump and I hope for the best 
and figure it out. Oh, as no, I go you won't along. tell me that this is crocodile infested. You won't tell me this is crocodile infested water or there's like five crocodiles and I'll jump. No, I will find a way to build a boat. <laughs> but yes, so I do take risks, but then I like informed risks. I like learning first. I like reading, finding out more information because at some point in your life, you have to, yeah, we're just not okay with just figuring things out as you go. Yeah. No, I, I, I get the informed information. I get all that. But I guess if anything the last two years has taught me is life could change just like that. And it never occurred to me that I'd slip on a rug and it would change everything. There are just certain things you can't research or plan or have beforehand. There's certain things what just happen in life. Yeah, that is true. So I know that we've had conversations about uh, manifesting and law of attraction, and that's something you believe very deeply in. Am I right in saying that? Yes. So how much of your plan and your research are based in manifesting and attracting certain things. Do they connect really well together or do you think it's two separate things? Uh, they connect really well together because I already believe that I was born a winner. I'm always going to be the best at whatever I do. And I just see the best in everything and everyone who I talk to, who I interact with. And um, so even when I'm reading, I'm reading with the best intentions in my mind. So we can read the same book and we might have the different interpretations because I will read from a point of I'm going to gain the knowledge that I want and that's going to be helpful towards building what I want to build or moving in the way I want to move. So it all starts with the mindset. Because just like you said you love art, we can all look at the same painting but still have different meanings. So it's things like that, that you know, even when I'm reading, when I'm looking for information, I'm already looking for, for information from a point of I'm going to win, I'm going to succeed. Therefore, I'm just looking for things or information that can help me succeed better or succeed in a way that's going to be less stressful, less uh, destructive and, you know, With the best intentions of everyone around you. Hmm? So that's what you're talking about is setting as I'm reading, as I'm writing this, I'm setting this up for what my, my next step is, but with the best intentions, the best results for every, yourself and everyone else around you. Yes. I love, I love the way you think, it, it inspires me. <laughs> You also inspire me, so I'm glad we both inspire each other. It's interesting, isn't it? When um, I don't know if you feel this, maybe you feel differently, but when someone tells me I inspire them, I, I literally think, why? I, I don't get it. I don't get <laughs> what I do, what inspires people, because 
I feel I just sort of live my life step by step and just sort of muddling through and trying to do the best I can. And I don't really see. And I'm really, and a friend of mine, we're talking about this every day, we're constantly telling each other how the other one inspires them. And, and we neither of us see it in ourselves. And I think, I think that's true, especially for women. They, you're so, it's so easy to see it in someone else, but much harder to see it in you. Well, you need to start receiving it. You need to start being grateful for being an inspiration. You need to see yourself through the rose-colored glasses that everyone sees you through. You know, you need to bask in it, be grateful for people finding inspiration from you just thinking you're living your life. I am incredibly so, you know, grateful you need to for so many things. And, and the interesting thing about people being inspired by me is it kind of puts a pressure on you to be a certain way, to act in a certain way, to be okay all the time. Like, it certainly did when I was in hospital, when everyone said, oh, I'm proud of you, I'm proud of how you're dealing with it. What that basically was saying to me, or how it felt like it was saying to me, and maybe this is, I'm sure this is not how anyone meant it, was I had to be okay. I, I couldn't be sad. I couldn't break down. I couldn't be in pain. I couldn't not be okay because everyone was telling me how great I was doing and how proud they were. And so just put this huge amount of pressure on me all the time to be okay, to get through that. So that, and maybe that was a good thing because it did get me through and I survived it and I'm here on the other side. So I'm not saying it's a completely bad thing, but to me, to be responsible for inspiring other people adds a layer of pressure. And therefore, I'm not sure if it's something I'm grateful for or want. I don't particularly want to do that. I mean, if I do, I do, but it's not something I'm particularly looking to do. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Um, I think you need to read a book um, by Brene Brown. She talks about vulnerability a lot. And, you know, because she always thought she could also, uh, just because people were inspired by her, she's a writer, she has podcasts as well and the series, you know, she thought the pressure was always on her to do things. But then if people are inspired by you, they're not inspired by the show that you put on. They're inspired by who you are, even when you're at your lowest. You don't have to lift yourself up to say, oh, just because this person is inspired okay, me by me, I have you. to do this. I have to. Okay, yes. let me ask you, as someone who says she's a winner and always wins, can you show people vulnerability? Yes. Can you show when you're struggling? Can you show the vulnerable side? I, I used to struggle with showing it, but now I always accept help. Before, no one could help me do anything. Even if you see me struggling with a big box of groceries, if someone would come to me and say, would you like any help? I'd rather break my arm than say yes. If I had a lot of work to be done or if I was organizing an event and I am drowning, 
I would rather drown than let anyone help me because I always wanted to say I did this. I took I take all the credit and everything. But now I delegate. I try my best to delegate to say, okay, this I cannot do. Can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Of course, I still I'm still a weak person. Sometimes I am just like never mind. I'll do it myself. But I also have to. When I sit down at the end of the day and I'm journaling, I have to come back and think, did I make good decisions today? What could I have done differently? And coming back to yourself, looking at yourself through someone else's glasses is also good because we put so much pressure on ourselves. Yet those people who are inspired by us, they're not always looking. It's not like they're an invigilator, you know, hovering all the time. And just because we... Put that idea in our heads that we always have to be perfect it ruins our lives as the strong people because you then want to do everything yourself you want everything to be perfect but then if you're vulnerable and you allow people to help you and you allow to look at things differently and you understand that people who are inspired by you are not inspired just by the good things it's also how you get through the bad things it's also how you manage to also wake up every day in the morning. Even if some days, not everyone will wake up and spread their day bed every day. But then you can have a talk about it. Just say, you know, you've made an accomplishment. Today, I spread my bed in the morning. That was an achievement. And then some days you're like, I don't care about it. I'm still going to come back tonight. Let it be. And, you know, you have to be, you have to allow yourself the same grace that we always extend to so many people. Because as this strong people we're the ones who never get the same grace that we're always extending and if we don't start giving ourselves the grace if we don't start looking at us our imperfections is also per perfect things to other people's eyes we'll always be suffering and always be chasing to be something that we don't even know what inspired because i said i'm inspired by you but i didn't even tell you what that it is about you that inspires me so you ask, what is it? What inspires you? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's your. You have this. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you. It's the way you communicate. It's the way you talk. You know, you already know what you want. And I used to think I'm a pushy person because I also know what I want and I always want things done my way. And you're also the same. And, you know, it inspires me because I'm like, it's okay for you to know what you want. And it's okay to love communicating because that way everything goes right. So, you know, you inspire me to stay true to myself because you're the way you are. You know what? If I was really honest with you, I haven't got a clue what I want. I know what I want in the sense of the little things in my everyday life. I know what has driven me mad over the last few years of experience. So I know what I want in that sense. And I'm very clear about certain things in my life. And you're not the first one to say to me, oh, she knows exactly where she's going. She knows what she wants. But I spend a lot of my life talking to people about their whys and why they're doing things and why they're building my their business or why they're living their life like this or why. And I spend a lot of time talking about manifesting a law and being very clear about what you want. But if you were to ask me my big why now, I'm not 100% sure I know what that is.
I feel like since my accident, I'm becoming someone else. And I deeply believe in my heart, I was meant to be that person. And that is not the same as saying, I've had people say to me before, oh, you're glad you've lost that. You're glad you've had that. No, no, I'd give anything to have my leg back. But I have made a certain situation and learned from that situation. And I haven't just drowned in it. And, um, and, in that sense, I'm very strong and I'm very clear what I want and I'm very clear about how I want my PAs to work with me and how I want to pay pay them and what I and what I expect for my money in return. I am incredibly clear about that. But what I want out of life, where I want to go, what I want to be, no idea at the moment. I'm still figuring it out. And that's a Okay, and I wish you all the best figuring it out. How about you? Do you know what your life big goal is? If you, if money and time and chance was 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 no issue, you could do anything you like in the world. Do you know what you would do? Oh, I already know what I want to do. I want to be a housewife, a housewife who lives in a very big house. Three out of seven days, I do a little bit of work. But, like, I just delegate. Four out of the seven, I want to wake up having a mimosa every day, till breakfast, brunch with a few friends, you know, take the kids to school. Someone will bring them back. Mm, yeah, I just want to not just be waking up. I just want to naturally wake up. Let the light wake me up, not an alarm, not anyone crying i just want to naturally wake up you know yoga pilates just an easy life i don't want to be stressed about anything i don't even want to be using my brain for those four days <laughs> yeah that's what i want i can imagine you loving it for a few weeks and then being bored oh it's okay I will binge watch series. <laughs> I, yeah, I will. If I get bored, then I'll figure something out. But for now, that's what I want. I'm just, you know, planning holidays. Yeah, it sounds pretty perfect to me. Planning trip. So that dream place, that dream housewife, would it be Africa? Would it be UK? Would it be, where would it be? You know? It'll be wherever I am, you know, wherever I am, it can be here. We can have, we already have multiple houses in Africa. We can have multiple houses here. We can have more houses in Italy, Spain, you know, it's all in the works just to be able to chase summer the whole year round. Mm. So do you speak other languages? I do. I do. I speak a little bit of Arabic. I speak English. I speak uh Zulu from South Africa, Shona and Devela from Zimbabwe. And yeah, I didn't listen to my French teacher. I should have. But I can listen, I can hear, but I cannot communicate in French. Mm. I'm always impressed by people who speak different languages. Because um, I remember 
as a kid particularly really really struggling with language learning different languages found it very hard to stick in my head and I was only thinking about this the other day actually I remember as a kid being told that I was really really bad at learning languages and I couldn't do it and so I've carried that belief through with me most of my life and it, it is just a belief and I sometimes think I should try again and just go off and and but approach it with a completely new belief because as you know what you put out there is what you get so I often wonder if the reason I found it so difficult was because people told me I was going to find it difficult yeah they instill their beliefs in you and you believe it especially as I love to travel so much because I, I think as English person I hate how arrogant the English can be we're like and it's this sort of attitude of when you're in a foreign country that oh people should speak English because you know everyone <laughs> speaks English and, and it just should be done and I hate that I hate the arrogance and the rudeness of it really I find it so offensive and yet I'm one of those people because I'm not speaking the language I'm at. If I'm not, but, but, but I will try. Uh, I will, every time I go somewhere, I'll try to learn a few little words. If even if it's just thank you, yes, no, those, those sort of basic, basic words. And, um, and I'll at least attempt to because I am really aware is that I don't want to see he's seen as that arrogant, rude English person. And I think too many English people do that. And it's not something what makes me proud to be English. In fact, it makes me ashamed to be English when I see people doing that. Yeah, but then I always, um, I'm always laughing every time I used to go to France. French people, even if they know English, if you don't say bonjour to them first they won't speak to you they'll just listen to you look at you and walk away and they are the people who have not succumbed to the english people saying oh you should understand english they'll just walk away i remember being in spain once in barcelona and i was with both my cousins who happened to speak fluent spanish so i was sort of sitting back letting them do the talking and we just got on the bus from the airport going to where we were staying and um and you and this bus and conductor was grumbling away grumbling away to himself and you could see he like some of the pe um, passengers were getting frustrated because he didn't seem to be very helpful and um what and i once we got off the bus um because when he came to us he was much more friendly, much more helpful. When we got off the bus, I asked my cousin what he was saying, and he was basically meant to talk Spanish me in my own language. And I looked to me in your own language and not even attempt to acknowledge me. Why should I help? And he was obviously very used to working on the 
what was a very um, bus with a lot of tourists because it was picking up and dropping off the airport. So obviously a lot of people from all over the world were arriving and going on this bus. And he obviously just got to the situation in his job. He was fed up of people not trying. And I kind of felt fair enough, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, it's always good to have a few phrases downloaded, you know, just on your phone or Google Translate. At least put some effort in it. That way, yeah. it looks like it's you're interested. It's just about showing helping. effort, isn't it? It's not even about um, anything else. It's not even about getting it right or anything. It's just about showing you're making some kind of an effort to acknowledge someone in their own language. Yeah. So are you planning any trips soon? Well, I'm going to America at the end of the year. Oh, and nice. I, uh, so I'm going out for the court case. That's the reason I'm going out. And um, the work, and also I'm doing some work out there with Tasha, um, um, Tasha Chan, or Tasha Bates now, I should say, um, who most of you know as my mentor. She's amazing. Um, and she's doing a, a three-day event that I'm involved in. And then I've got some legal stuff to deal with. And then um, I am going to travel for a bit because I don't see the point of going out there just for a short period of time. So I'm still trying to figure out how long I'll be out there for. But I think it's probably going to be something between two to three months. How about you? Oh, okay. You know, Sounds good. Have you got any journeys planned at the moment? Oh, I don't, I don't make any plans. <laughs> if I feel like traveling, I will run away and travel. But let's see. I think I'll go somewhere before Christmas because I know Christmas is going to be big this year. So I'm looking to go somewhere before Christmas so that we're back. So do you end up working through Christmas with your job? I hope not. <laughs> or do you tend to take it off? <laughs> I hope not. We never know. Yeah. Uh, you can never take off if it's a company business. If it's a family business, it's very hard. But uh, hopefully we'll be able to have like a few days off just to, you know, enjoy the season because we already have plans. So, yeah. So you I'm do just hoping big everyone will be with traditional Christmases, do you? Or? I don't know. It's not a african traditional christmas but it's a big family christmas <laughs> it's uh yeah it's mostly my family from both my mom's side my dad's side and extended family who are here will go somewhere usually we rent like an airbnb or two or a small boutique hotel and yeah sounds nice sounds really nice so now this year my whole family is just you know doing its yeah. own thing and um yeah it's um it's going to be interesting because I guess I will like many families we sort of vaguely lived to the alternative like one year with this family then the next year with the in-laws sort of thing and um that was kind of started with me when I married my husband. But um, 
So I guess that's the vague kind of thing. We were all together last year. So we're all very much doing our other things this year. And um, yeah. Yeah, so I guess I'll be in America for Christmas. I, I need to decide where in America. You're, you, okay, you're flighty. You've had very much huge experience. Where do you suggest in America that I spend Christmas? Uh, do you want there to be snow or no? I'll say Florida because at least it will be warm. Okay, and I know so you where like in Florida would you choose? Miami. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe I should go back to Miami. Miami is a really interesting one for me because I was meant to have um a few days exploring Miami before my accident, literally the morning of my accident, I was on the way to Miami, was packing up to go to Miami. So I guess it's kind of in my head a bit associated with that. And so um, maybe I should, maybe I should go for it and rip off that association and go create some new ones because it's interesting where I end up a lot because um, my mentor lives in Florida, all the case stuff is happening in Florida. There's other people I work with in Florida. So um, that a lot of my life is pulled in that direction. In fact, it feels like I'm going more and more to America at the moment. There's more and more of my life is happening in America. So yeah, maybe I should just rip mm -hmm. off the badges. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good time in Miami and it'll still be warm. So you don't get to have to suffer with the snow. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do not like the cold. But I always have quite fancied Christmas in New York. I think it might be quite magical. Even though it's going to be cold, I do think it could be quite magical. No, New York is a no-no for me. Those reds always freak me out. What freaks you out, sorry? The reds, they have a lot of reds in New York. Like, you don't just be walking and then there's like a red running through your feet. <laughs> ah. No, I've only been to New York once and I okay, must yeah. admit, I fell in love with it. I really did love it. And I wasn't there long enough. I was only there for two days. So I often think I should go back and explore more. So. Who knows? Okay. I don't know. Anyone have any suggestions? Feel free to message me and tell me where you think I should be. But somewhere in America, I've got to agree with my PA. What she, I mean, she wants us to go on a cruise. Um, I've never done a cruise before in my life. Um, I'm not sure it's my kind of thing, but she thinks I'll love it. Have you ever done a cruise? Homie, yes. Did you like it? Mm, no. <laughs> okay, so what didn't you like about it? Because maybe that will help me decide. What didn't you like? It's, um, it just felt like, you know, we're just confined in one little, it felt like I'm back on an aircraft again. Because it's the same people, but then these people are not leaving. So it's the same people for like a week and you see them everywhere. 
if you like the same food, you're going to see them at the same restaurant for breakfast, the same restaurant for lunch, the same restaurant for dinner. And the small talk just gets, you know, it gets to a point where you're tired of small talk. And But if you and the person you, you're going with are very good and you enjoy each other's company, then you might have fun. But, yeah, it's just... Yeah, I don't know. Is I didn't really bother you because what I think might bother me is the little time that we have in locations you stop at. Because I, if I stop somewhere, I want to have time to really explore it and really get to know it. I don't, I don't like the idea of someone telling me you have a day here, you have a morning here, you have this set period of time. Maybe it's because I just don't like people telling me what to do. So um, if I wanted to go on a cruise, it would and be you know, my can only private cruise where I literally could say to the captain, right, we're going here. No, we're going there. We're going to spend a week here. We're going to spend two weeks there. because spend half, you know, a day here. But at least it would be my choice of when to leave and when to stay. Yeah. 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 That one sounds very good. Um, and then the thing is, if I now have yeah, my own crew, I have to still have all the entertainment, all the food, the shows, the cinemas, the still all that. So, I mean, it's not going to be a small cruise. And I guess I just, I, I quite like the idea of picking up people I love and care for at different points of the cruise. So I don't spend the whole time with them because they might get annoying. But, you know, I might take one person to Rome and someone else to Italy or someone that, um, Rome and Italy together. That was a bad example. I was really bad <laughs> example. But you know what I mean? Just different yeah, experiences. Because yeah, yeah. I, I find, and I don't know if you'll find this, I think you might, there's like... I tend to section my life in different ways and and do think different things with different people because different people in my life mean different things and enjoy different things. And I very much will do this with this and do that. That's why I have birthday seasons because I have to celebrate doing different things with different people. And um, so I quite like the idea of having that as an option. I don't know about you. You think you'd like a cruise if that was the option? Yes, I would love it. Yeah. I would love it's it. I have seen this. It's the idea of being, love like being able to unpack and just leave your stuff like a floating hotel. I do like that idea, like being able to just be there and unpack and not have to worry about any of it. And it's just people just taking care of me. That does sound. Yeah, I was saying there's this couple on Instagram that I love. They're the, they're called the Shawajis. They own a lot of properties in America, especially like in Florida and Miami. So, you know, they do that like during the summer. Uh, they fly over to Europe with their friends and then they rent like a major huge yacht. And then they'll just be flying. They'll just be cruising through the coast to different like places. And, you know, I'm like, yeah. This is exactly what you're describing. Say, I want to spend two days here. Let's stay longer. Let's do this. That That's exactly yeah. what they do. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, the same reason I want my own plane. But I yeah. want my own green plane. So I want to be able to design and create my own environmental plane. 
So when they fly, they don't damage the world at all. Because I love mm, traveling. Nice. I love going all over the place. And to me, That'll be nice. Ugh, going green with flying. Maybe a broomstick. Sorry about that. Oh, I was saying maybe a broomstick will be a good way. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I'd stopped all call incoming calls, but I haven't. Um. Anyway, so no, I, you know, I, I would have my own environment. It's on the, all my boards. My own green plane. What that doesn't do any damage to the planet, and then I'd create it in a way that the um, other people could fly on it too. Because I don't think you'll ever stop people flying. So instead of trying to stop people fly, I think we need to find a way what is non-damaging when they fly. Oh, okay. That sounds really good. It'll save the planet. Yeah. Think about the difference it can make to the planet. I I I often think that you could set it up in a way like I'd try and set it up like in an almost network marketing kind of business setup so people could create ways of flying and being traveling and doing all these things and get paid for it and work for it, but not damage the planet, but be able to see the planet and, and love and treasure the planet. Mm. And anyway, my big girl, we will try. one day. Yeah. I keep on saying to Tim, you need to start working on creating the green planet. He keeps trying to tell me I, he doesn't think he's the right person for it. I'm like, well, you just need to get a job. What does it? Well, I mean, I keep <laughs> telling him to sort it out, you know, just deal with it. He doesn't really listen. Uh, well, maybe it's a lot of work for him and he can foresee it already that, oh, this will be a lot of work. I'm sure it already exists out there. I'm sure it does. Somewhere. I just mm -hmm. think... It's one of Maybe the things politicians yeah. and powerful people don't necessarily want in place because there's so much politics surrounded by it. Mm, we can talk to Elon Musk. I'm sure he has a solution. Yeah. Oh. We've got to do something. I mean, my dad would just say, bad planes stop people flying. But I don't think that's the solution. In the same way with cars, people aren't going to stop driving and people aren't going to stop flying so we need to find a way where people can do this without damaging our world or even a way mm. that it helps to repair some of the damage that has already been done I'm not mm, repairing now. We're too gone. Answer. We're too far gone. Hmm? Well, it's a tension. We're far too gone. I to know repairing. one day the right person, the right situation will come in that I can create and do. And yeah, I can leave the planet 
slightly better for it. Oh, yes, please. It just reminded me when I first went to talk to Kasia about being involved in the book, because I was going to be involved in the volume before. And Kazia turned around to me and said, no, you're not ready. This is not the right time for you. I don't think you should be involved. And um, I was like, okay, okay. And I just went on with my life. I was a bit disappointed, but I just went on with that. And she contacted me and said, um, um, are you inter still interested? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll come and talk to you, but I don't really think I have anything going on. There's nothing really happening in my life. Um, to talk about you know and then she was like well what have you been up to and I said well oh yeah mum died and I went traveling oh yeah and by the way I've lost my leg and she's like yeah nothing nothing's happened to you at all I was like oh, oh yeah <laughs> and I feel that a bit when I say I don't know what I want but then I'm like oh actually I want to create a green plane and make the planet better and do this and do that so I have certain <laughs> goals mm -hmm. It's always good to have goals. It is, it is indeed. always good, yeah. So to wrap us up, can you share with us any of your big goals? To be a housewife. <laughs> so what's going to get you? I mean, what stops you doing that right now? Just living at home, being a housewife, doing all of those things. What's stopping you doing that tomorrow? I don't have a kid. I don't have kids yet. I feel like, you know. Yeah, but you know, you, I mean, I need someone to go to, school to that. Maybe you and your husband need to get busy. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I think we need to do that. We need to get into that. I think I hope everyone who's listening to this or who's going to listen to it will have a beautiful life and things always go the way you want them to go. That is such a beautiful way to end. Thank you so much for coming and talking to us and take care. Okay, guys, thanks. Thank you for having me, Esther. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Sharon. Sharon. Hey, Sharon. So my niece has been trying to phone me. She's about 